Hi everyone, this is I Asia, and I'm back with another episode of the Peace and Preparation Podcast. And this time I have the opportunity to inter- interview my father, who is Zion. Daddy, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hello. So Daddy, let's let's talk a little bit about you. And can you tell them a little bit about yourself or, you know, just some some gems about you? Sure. Um, well, I like to forget my age, but uh, currently <laughs> I'm 51. And um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, did a stint in the military, went through some courses of education, and then um, I'm, I'm here in the, in, the, in the flesh. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that because you did say quite a few things there. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about your, let's see, because there were so many different things that you said were very interesting, your military experience and, you know, your reasons for joining the military, if there are any. Right. Well, one, as so far as the military is concerned, that was the one thing that I wanted to do. It, it didn't seem as though it was a, um, for most people as a high bar, but it was a bar that um, I dreamt about. Okay. In, in my youth, I would play with little army toys and so on and so forth, watch movies. In fact, um, going into the prior to going into the military, um, reading books about Vietnam War and things of that nature, that helped oh. me learn how to read. You know, so it piqued my interest to, to, to read further. So I would just sit, sit down, go into my library, so to speak, and um, just read and read and read. And then eventually I went into the military in 1990, well, 89. And then um, I went regular army in, in 1990. And was it all that you read about? What was your experience like? Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't have a, a successful military career because the, the military side of it was awesome. In okay. terms of, um, I, I did combat, so um, I was a combat engineer. It, it, that part was fun. It was everything that they highlighted to be in all of the commercials. However, um, I had a short stint because I, I became more of an activist in there, so to speak. Oh. Whereas um, I, I wanted them to maintain their rules, it, it, per se. So, for instance, you would get young guys that can, they might've had a little bit of rank on you and yes. they would come and they would talk to you in any type of manner. And I would check that, you know, in other words, I would do anything you tell me to do because you had the rank. However, right. you had to speak to me as though I was human. And then, right. so if I felt as though they were breaking their rules, for instance, they couldn't curse at, at you. And the minute one of them guys say, okay, get in the parade rest, I would lock my heels, get the parade rest and things of that nature. But the minute they curse, I'm done. Didn't mm. care who you were. Didn't care about your rank or anything. And I felt myself questioning a lot of those things. But when you're in the military, you have to be geared towards um, the yes, you know, and just do it. So wow. I definitely had a short stint, whereas... Um, I would challenge things. 
um, it, let's say if they were doing push-ups and I didn't see uh, 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 the person who was counting through his push-ups, well, I'm not doing them. And uh, or, or or there was one instance where um, they asked us, which one do you want off? Because, you know, Dr. King falls around the same time as the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl actually has been pushed back further into February. But at one point in time, they were, you know, very close. And they would ask us, do you want Dr. King's day off or do you want the Super Bowl off? Wow. And, you know, they shouldn't ask me that, you know. And right, right then and there, I went to the, you know, the offices and that, that shouldn't have been a, a question in and of itself. You either give us both days or, or don't give us any. So just little things, but I enjoyed it, but I had a short stint. So I, I got out in, in almost like two years. I did end up going to war. Um, you know, it was war's war, you know, sounds and all that other stuff. It's it's everything that you see in the uh, um, in the movies. However, the planning is a little bit different because there's certain instances that you don't have to shoot a gun. Okay. You know, yeah, all that. It's it, basically the. Um, I was in the Gulf War One. Yes. With uh, G- General Schwarzkopf and um, General Powell. And to me, after looking at all of these other wars, that was the best planned war. By the time they would drop these um, bombs and things of that nature, by the time we got over there, they they were just throwing up their hands. So those guys did do a successful planning, so to speak. Okay, so they took on a more, um, I want to say, leadership role in terms of... um, I guess being more. Uh, well, they're planning. They're strategic. They're... Right. Right. So their tactics and their strategies, was, they're transcended. So when, when you see the other wars, um, for instance, uh, you, you have the, 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 the um, Operation Enduring Freedom. Yeah. And, and General Franks, what he did was, during, this was during Bush Jr.'s time, he took on two wars. He went into Afghanistan first, and then all of a sudden, he went into Iraq. So he split the ability for America. Now, America can fight two wars at once, but it's very difficult to sustain it, especially if these people are doing guerrilla tactics. Okay. And that's why you saw Afghanistan going so long, because they did not have to go into Iraq. And that has always been the biggest argument. Why did he go back in there? He shouldn't have never went. And we could see some of the problems as a result of that. Like ISIS in and of itself happened in Iraq. Wow. Yeah. So it, it happened because Americans went to Iraq. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of different things. But um, the, the planning was far better. And by the time we, we encountered the enemy, like I said, they were putting up their hands. They were kissing us. <laughs> wow. Thank you. It's over for them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, my goodness. And that was that a short war? Um, very short. Um, I think the, the ground invasion it, itself was only, um, what, it was 72 hours or something like that, or it might have been four days. Wow. So it was one of the quickest, but it started early in terms of the bombing. 
They did a bombing campaign. So for 30 days, we would just sit there and watch flights and flights go over into um, Iraq. And by the when we crossed over from Saudi Arabia into Iraq, it was, um, you know, it was, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. So was there ever a, a moment when you were in the war that, were you ever afraid? Was, this, was there ever a time during the war being, I'm, I'm assuming you were on the front line that you were afraid? Um, by all means. I mean, um, you know, being, being frightful is a natural thing. Yes. Um, of course, though, you, you're so hyped up and America has an ability, and this, this is noted by their psychologists, that they have an uncanny ability to turn on what they call your war brain. Okay. Um, so, for instance, it, 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 what we were doing is they would go, how you make the grass grow? And then they'll, they'll go, with blood, with blood. Whose blood? Their blood, their blood. So you oh, really, they really gear you up and get you hyped for it. Okay. But but as you go there, what they found out that it they they had to learn how to turn off the war brain. Okay. And is that because and, oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, is that is that when is that due to soldiers? Um, transitioning back into, I guess, you know, civilizations as they call it sometimes. And Absolutely. Okay. And that was one of the most difficult parts was the transitioning back. You know, so you might be hypervigilant, your arousal is higher than, than a civilian. And they, when I, when I was coming home, they didn't have what they do now. So for it, I love saying, for instance, when your brother came home from war, they had to go through all of their checks and balances. They had to speak to a psychologist. Okay. Because they found out that, and they got better with turning off the war brain by the time it happened in the 2000s. But when I was in, in the 90s, they just sent you home. Okay, good job. We did real good. You get your pep rally. And then you just, you're off to go and get your beers. And that's about it. But they have gotten better. I will say that. Okay. Well, I didn't even know that. So, I didn't know that they don't even transition you guys or at least prepare you to. I mean, that that's, that is the real world. But mm-hmm. to do, you know, what's going on in the average mm-hmm. society versus war, not being able to properly transition. Not everybody can handle that. Right, right. And it, it, when I when I came home, well, nowadays, like I said, they're much better at it. So before yeah. you even leave the field, they're talking to you. They, you have to go through different counseling sessions. I think three or four, just before you even get around people per se. Okay. But at that particular time. That was, you know, that was, they, they was it was kind of like in their infancy. These were things that they just didn't do. So after the Vietnam War, they didn't do it. 
after um, the, pa- the, 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 the Panama invasion, the invasion of Panama, they didn't do it. Somali, they didn't do it. Um, and of that's course, quite, I, go ahead. That, that's quite a few awards that they didn't do it. Oh, yeah. You, you got to think America has been in <laughs> existence for almost 200 years. Well, yes. a little longer than 200 years. So since the 1776. Um, and America has been at war for longer than it's been in existence. For, for Well, what? what I mean by that, it, it, there, there has, you've been at war in America longer than you have been at peace. Mm. Yes. And, you know, and that's the way of America. And a lot of people don't talk about that, that. For right now, there's no war, but there's there'll be one coming up soon, and 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 it, they found out that's how they galvanize and bring countries together is through war. So it, 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 there's a lot of things that we don't know as as civilians and how they can get people to purchase items and get them mm-hmm. to do certain things. It's all for the sake of war. Wow. And, and then as we see also. You know, me, us growing up in the in the in the black or the urban neighborhoods, we also see that one of the and this this is true as, as a fact. One of the things that constantly come up after wars is that there's always a height of drug abuse. So after World War II, there was a large influx of heroin that came to America. After um, the Vietnam War large influx of heroin um, for the uh, Panamanian, um, I'm sorry, the war in Guatemala and things of that nature. Yes. Large influx of cocaine. Wow. So after this war, large, I, I know I'm saying a lot of different things. I'm just trying to give you as many jewels, but after this war, we also know that um, the, the Afghan, in Afghanistan, they supply 85% of the heroin. So you can actually see there's a there's a fingerprint behind all of these things that transpire as a result of war. So not only do you get soldiers coming home after seeing, you know, the the the, the stresses of war. Yes. Um now the populace, um, uh, there's something that always transpires as a result of it. So that's a lot of history there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, and America's always, uh, you know, I don't want to get, you know, into it, but America's always behind something. It's funny. And that's true, Daddy. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, you said a lot of different things and you know a lot about you have a lot of information that you just provided and, you know, how, how did you obtain that information and, and, you know, what, because uh, the way that you break it down is just so, it just sounds like it comes so naturally for you. Well, um, well I, I love history and anytime there's an issue, I love like to identify the antecedent cause or the re- root cause. So okay. we can see that all of the, huh, hello? Yes, I'm here. 
yes, we can see all of the maladaptive issues that are happening in uh, Black America, so to speak. Right. And yeah. before we can address those things, you have to identify the, the, the root causes or the antecedent causes. And we, you can literally, without a shadow of a doubt, point at the the you know the the 80s or the 90s the 70s all of the times that america was experiencing a war there was yes. an influx of drugs and okay. it happened to fall upon our communities wow and that was the reason why i would research these things you know because to, in order to help yourself or help others Yes. You have to know all of the issues of, of or that surround that the people within that environment. Mm. You know, and so I just partook to it. I, I started enjoying it and to hear about black history and, and everything that, that's involved with it, 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 you know, it brings joy to me. So and it started that that in and of itself also started from my mom. She would bring these in, the information to us because I used to be. I don't want to hear about all that. <laughs> and so she would say, "No, nah, let me tell you about these people, or, or you know, you're wearing a pair of shoes because of a, a man named named Matt Slinger, you know, wow. or, or the, the, the ice box, or all of these things that you see." However, we have we have moved further away from that, right? Which is you know, which is terrible at this point. Oh, you're saying mm-hmm. further away from doing our research and 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 knowing what we're you know knowing the neighborhoods that we wear and all these different things, right? Yeah. Because if 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 we if, if we 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 could sit here and we could talk about um, the gossip, the got you know who what movie what what actors doing what and we're we're entrenched in that that information becomes at the forefront. Yes, and no longer it no longer people like you, you know the, the names like Harriet Tubman or Dr. King they became they become more more mundane. So you you don't want to hear it anymore. It's like ah, tell me something new. And the only people that we're looking at now are people like I don't even want to give them light. You know, so you know we, we're looking at these 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 rappers and, and things of that nature. So. um like let's say 50 cent he's literally going to do a, a, a show or a movie on um a guy i don't even want to mention his name a guy who was shooting people from chicago wow and yeah and, and so he's going to hi- highlight him just like he highlighted uh the shows with bmf and we sit down and we watching these things and it's no longer those those people uh, um, that fought for us, mm. you know, or you know, it, it's 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 a heavy transition, you know. I mean, it definitely is because all you see mm. is just like you said, celebrities being glorified, and, you know, like you said, these different type of shows with just killing and all of this. Uh, overstimulation of drugs and and sex thing that absolutely just you know just making making it in a sense worse for the generation 
Um, and right. I really hear too much about children talking about different historical leaders and things of that nature. I'm actually interested in seeing how these uh, individuals are and these leaders of these ancestors, of course, they're going to be highlighted this month. So that, right. that should, you know, I remember when I was going to school, we had to pick a specific, a, a specific leader from uh, in mm -hmm. history and write about right. them. And I'm exactly. not still happening. Yeah. Right. And, if, and I'm pretty sure everybody goes to Dr. King. Although, you know, I, I have a newfound respect for him. At first, you know, I was like, uh, you know, because everybody is on the fence on um, did integration really help Black people? Um, mm. Or did we excel when we were segregated? Um, and that's, you know, because we, we everybody automatically goes to Black Wall Street and things of that nature. And, and, you, know, and, you know, I don't know. I, I just happen to still like Dr. King in that sense because um, he Is held court with presidents. Yes. You know, of, of the United States. You know, they had his ear, so to speak. And, you know, and we know how the FBI tried to... Um, bring him down and, 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 and highlight some of the things that he was doing primarily with, with women and, 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 you know, however, this, to me, this man is, 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 is a great man. You know, we, we just need to hear more about um, these black people who, who transcended the odds. I, I can remember watching a, a white man saying, uh, you know, in Africa, people weren't civilized, you mm. know, prior to the Europeans getting over there. However, wow. you had one of the richest men in the world coming out of there. Everybody liked to talk about Mansa Musa. Um, but, you, you know, we, we see pyramids and there are more pyramids in Sudan than they are in Egypt. You know, wow. of course, in Egypt, they are elaborate ones, but um, far more elaborate. But the splendor of Africa is not being highlighted. And then when you talk about the wealth of um, most, most Black Americans and, and Caribbeans uh, it, that, that's downhill on this side of the world, so to speak, they came from West Africa, mm. you know? Yes. So, I mean, I, the, you know, the impact that we've had on, on nations and society it's amazing. It's an amazing, but also, you know, it is sad too, because I, I just saw a video of, um, unfortunately, they were talking about how some, some, uh, you know, people from some Africans, some people from Africa, actually, they, they hate to be mistaken for being African American, because right. I, I remember watching this video about this young lady who... She was saying that, yeah, well, you know, when we think of African-American, we associate mm -hmm. um, poverty, um, mm -hmm. feelings, um, just basically oh. like in any sense of morality or mm -hmm. respect. And this is this is continuous. Right. Right. And that's that's sad. And in most instances, um, 
when 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 you have people that think that way, they they don't realize they're actually thinking as the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So these are the that's the mindset of the oppressor here in America that is reached over in different parts. You know, um, so for instance, if if you're Korean, you'll have this mindset of the of the African American. That's not to say that we don't bolster and, and buttress their opinion on us, you right. know, with some of the things that we're doing. But you, you know, um, like the word like the word Nigeria, right? I yes. wouldn't call let's say you, you may have a Nigeria that says this is why I'm you're African American separate. I mean, just by the fact they use the term Nigeria, that you break from it. who named it. You get you, you break it. African countries named by name uh, uh, from oppressors. Daddy? Right? Yes? You you breaking yes. up a little Okay, hold can you hear me better? Yes, I can hear you now. I'm sorry. Yes, so most of the um, names that are that are coming from Africa are named by the oppressors. So I mean, you know, you, you, when you hear certain people, you you know in w- what platform that they're speaking from. So, like, okay. let's say if an Ethiopian say, "Hey, you're, you're African American, so-called African American," and um, I'm Ethiopian. You know, Ethiopian was named by the Greeks. You know, almost most of these terms are coming from uh, um, the um, uh, England, um, uh, the the Romans, so to speak, uh, the, the Greeks. All of those former empires happen to have named um, almost everybody. Like the word Indian, it was you know they never called themselves Indian until somebody else called them Indian, which is crazy. What did they? <laughs> well, they they had their own names, and so you you hear some people would say Indian, you know, there's a loose term for savage, but I, I don't, you know, I I know that comes from um, over usage, it, and- right, right. But right. you know, outside of that, you you know, you had people naming India, and then when you get here, Eastern, you know, they had different terms for all of these things, and it's all coming from the European. So, you know, when you have anybody that have that mindset, they're actually looking through the guise of a European. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Daddy, I don't think everybody realizes that you are a history teacher and you have such a passion for his well you were a history teacher and you have such uh-huh. a passion <laughs> teaching <Yes. history. laughs> can you talk a little bit about becoming a teacher and um why you chose i mean obviously you chose to teach history for a reason but <laughs> what how did that what was the journey like for becoming a teacher and especially teaching history, what was your population that you taught and how did that, Mm -hmm. how did your passion impact your students as well as yourself? Okay, um, great question. Well, the way I I wanted to, like I said, I always had aspirations to be in the military. So, okay, that, you know, um, then I wanted to be a lawyer. 
um, that didn't materialize uh, because the, you know it was some issues with who was going to pay for it, whether it was the military or myself. And, you know, it, it just didn't materialize. But um, so I, I was, they paid for me to go to school, and I was doing again doing my activism in class. So I was standing up. I went to both LaGuardia <laughs> Community College, and I went to um, St. Francis. I was standing up in front of all of these white folk, and I'm telling them all of the things. You know, of course, I was trying to do it, you know, with a little bit of education, but there there weren't that many Black students where where I went, St. Francis College, downtown Brooklyn. So one day I, uh, in in protest, I, you know, against uh, constantly putting up my, you know, oh, this, you know, uh, blacks are being affected by the education system, so on and so forth. How, so what, what transpired was this woman by the name of Dr. Matilda Macheski, white woman, she wrote on my paper, and almost, I guess she might have been annoyed, like, you know, stop <laughs> with all this nonsense. <laughs> but she, she wrote on my paper, she said, if you feel this way about it, then do something, then do something about it. So that was my first foray into saying, you know, yeah, okay, because I'm, you know, I'm standing up here protesting with you guys, and I don't know how far that's going. And so that was the first time that I was ushered in to education, and I, and and so now I would watch my mother work, and she was an educator, and you know, for years, and she was the one who um, got me a. Uh, what was it? A substitute te- teaching job at St. Teresa of Avila. And it was just one day. And once I got in, into the classroom, I loved it. Wow. And, and that, that was it. I had to be in 1998, I believe. 98. And what, what grade did you teach that day? Well, um, that was the fifth grade. And so I just filled in. Um, for a teacher that 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 didn't make it and uh, couldn't make it in that day, and that that was it. And from there, they saw that I had command of the classroom. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, so once they once once they saw that, they said, "Listen, uh, you want to come back next year?" And they gave me a contract. Wow. Yeah. So 1998. That was the that was the starter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so what were your students like? How did how did your presence impact them? I mean, I um, know, you know, uh-huh. I'm one of your students, so I know one of your former students. <laughs> how would you say? <laughs> well, I, I believe I impact them by um knowledge itself. So in other words, what I would do by the time because there were certain times that I did um uh, where I had to teach all subjects. Yes. Um, but my main goal or my method was I took, I tried to make them see themselves within those subject matters. Okay. So we, we, our children will go into the classrooms and they'll sit all day and they'll be bored. Like, Oh my God. And that's because they don't see themselves. Right. We, we, so we, we, they they constantly force us with George Washington and oh, they, uh, and so you, you, by the time you finish, you don't want to hear it. 
or you know when you hear different mathematicians or or or, or, or scientists you know irrelevant right and, and so so the goal that I would do is I would find a, a, a black man or black woman that paved the way. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I forgot many of those names. So I have to open up the book again. But I would find those individuals. And that's how I would try to reach each child to wow. show them. Okay. And the other aspect of it would I would I would also be truthful in my education. Because when you see what do you mean what's by that? going on in, in America today, they don't want you to um, expose all of the things that they did. Actually, you see what's going on in Florida where he wants to put up a law to, to protect or you saw where they didn't want to do the um, 1619 project or the critical race theory. They're trying yeah. to stay away from it because if you highlight all of the things that they have done, you know, it, 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 it gets scary. But at the same time, in order to reach a classroom full of blacks or Latinos, you have to tell them about themselves. And right. I tell you when, you, when you start telling them about, their eyes open up, their brains open up, and they mm-hmm. become involved. And it, and it transcends technology. And what I mean by that is right now, they believe the only way to reach these children is through oh, let's let's put a new uh, whiteboard in there or, or what's the, that smart board so that yeah. these children will be more involved in the process. No, tell a child about themselves. Everybody want to hear about themselves. The reason why white children excel in America is because you're telling them about how great white Americans are. If you want to make these children great, you tell them about who they are. So, so in any case, that's what drove me. And, and the children that I was meeting, um, the population that I primarily taught was the Haitian population. Okay. And uh, beautiful people, you know, beautiful people. Um, so I, prim- I primarily taught in the Caribbean um, uh, um, population. Name- so yes, the, yes, out there in Flatbush, once I moved over to St. Jerome, on Flatbush Avenue, and um, my I encountered so many uh, um, uh, children, beautiful children, and of course you met one, you met several of them, good people. I love them all, and <laughs> and and, and they, you know they're impacting society in their own way. Some yeah. of them, you know, some of them are faltering um, to the to the streets. Uh, it happens. Um, but many of them are, you know, there's there's two lawyers that I, I, uh, I, I don't want to lay claim that I had anything to do with their education. But what I'm saying is I encountered them. We laughed. We joked. They were in my classroom. And these 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 two young lawyers are, are brilliant. Wow. Um, and then we know uh, uh, Ivan's, uh, um, you know, he, he's doing his thing, educating people. <laughs> and I got I got to even sh- shout out Daniela, you know, uh, you know. The big baby, <laughs> but he, you know, he's trying to reach people through his form of activism, mm. and so there, there are a lot of children. I, I, I saw um, there's one guy who um, they showed me a video of him standing up in front of a h- hundreds of thousands of people during a um, a Black Lives Matter. He wow. was doing a speech on the stage and out in San Francisco. 
Yeah, and you know, I got it on my phone somewhere. He blew me away, man. That brother was he, he was deep. So, so at any case, um, it, it, that population has showed me a lot because they also come from poverty. Yes. Um. Uh. And you know, they showed that they had good work ethic. Um. And, and they wanted to to excel. They wanted to become something. So, mm. yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a lot to do. You were very instrumental in, 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 you know, some of their lives. And I'm pretty sure you planted a seed that definitely piqued their curiosity about who they were and what they wanted to become. And, you know, even if it didn't materialize at that specific point in their lives, I'm sure that somewhere down the line, as they matured, they start to, to think about some of the things that you said, some of the things that you told. I mean, that's pretty evident in Ivan's and Dunya Allah and my conversations, you know, in the past with Dunya Allah and then my conversations. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have a question for you. Yes. Would you ever um, come out of retirement to teach again? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, um, um, no, definitely not. I, I um. The, the children have to be um, reached in a different form now okay. because yeah, behind these walls uh, um, in terms of um, America, they have, they have coddled the children mm-hmm. and they have in their form of liberalism or ultra, I got to say uber li- liberalism. It has, um, taking the fight away from our children, and what I'm not—I'm not saying the fight in terms of you know hands, but I'm talking about striving. Okay. So, so, and it's all coming from their system. Their system is 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 destructive in nature. So, mm-hmm. let when when we were growing up, to include yourself, because you, you you had this experience as well where yeah. they had satellite programs. They had gifted programs, yes. right? Where, where you had to work to get into those gifted or into those satellite programs. And if you didn't, hey, that means you didn't work hard enough. And, and, and it, it, what ha- what's happening now is they, they're, they're moving those uh, um, goals per se away from the children. And they're, they're creating this this homogeneous thing to where, oh, everybody's people of, everybody can do it. Where is, no, we gotta, you know, you, you have to push certain children and those children who can't will, will help those children in a different light. Right. Um, yeah, and so it's, the system is, 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 it's failing the children right now. And so I don't want to be a part of that system to where um, you can have children come in the classroom any kind of way disrupt the classroom oh no you couldn't do that i no way i, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'll be in jail because <laughs> i'm pretty sure people will tell you the stories that it was none of that in my classroom unless i was creating the jokes if i was doing the jokes they were doing the jokes with me and then we would get back to, to the classroom but i i couldn't do it nowadays but that's not to say that i'm um negate not negating but le- neglecting uh the nation so 
my goal is to reach the nation in a different way. And so my, my new venture, so to speak, or yes. life goal is to oh. get you black people. I'm talking about people like you, people yeah. like Ivan's who are elite. And what I mean by that, not elite as though your, your, your head is in the clouds, but you did not falter to the things that you see in society. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you, you, you can hold your head up high. And that's not to say that you're not, that you've turned away from uh, um, your, your, your brothers and sisters that um, are having issues in, in, the, in the neighborhood. But, right. you, but the point is, is that now highlight you. Because in other words, if you don't want to listen or highlight or, or they don't want to hear about Dr. King anymore, well, I'm going to point out a person like you who strove, who grew up in the same neighborhood as, as the gangster, but you mm-hmm. went a different route. And right. that's so this is my new thing. I want to I want to bring that black elitism per se. And I don't want to use the I know that word elitist, you know, you get you get black people to make that into a dirty word um, think- to where you can't think elite. And that comes from, you know, the the the, the American system. Their right. modality is to get you to not think that everybody's equal. That's not true. You have some beautiful, you have some not so beautiful. You have fat, you have skinny. Every there's no such thing as you know that that form of you know e, you know we get equality that I'm human and treat me like a human. Right. But this person might be a better mathematician than I am. And we need to highlight that. This person might be a better lawyer than 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 an, another lawyer. So there's no two equals i you know you know the, my dogs we got one pit bull and and one havanese yeah that that, okay. that pit bull is not equal to my havanese right yes you get what i'm saying so you know again america's making us all fall asleep so so no i won't go back into the classroom but the new thing is to um while other people are highlighting the clowns in the neighborhood. That's mm. why all of our guys are called little this and little that. You know, that's the, that's their nickname. Or you get half of the young black men named after Italians. So you'll get, oh, yo, what's your name? Yo, my name is Capone. Or my name is Frank. You got a, you got a big gang leader. My name is Frank, Frank White. Brother, you naming yourself after these white Italians. And I don't want to go too hard on the racial aspect of it but at one point in time it um especially in the 70s it were it was the italians who were flooding the neighborhoods with heroin mm. you, you, you understand what i'm saying and yeah. so now you're walking around calling yourself this that or the other and it, it actually makes no sense you know but but i'm sorry go ahead no, I'm, it sounds to me like it, it sounds like that individual is lacking a sense of self, lacking a sense of identity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so that's where the, the next goal is, is to rub elbows with you, your brothers, um, um, uh, Ivan's, to constantly highlight you guys uh, um, and, and, and hopefully 
that you guys can show people the way. And if the and if our black brothers and sisters don't want to follow you, young people who have done something, um, and I don't want to hear no excuses. Oh, I didn't have a father in my house. Okay, there's another black kid that didn't have a father in the house. You right. understand? Oh, I didn't have. I don't. Yeah. No, and I I was just adding on to that, and that is thriving, it's prospering. Right. Absolutely. So so so. And, and, and so that's the new goal. The new goal is to is to enjoy what I see um, and, and to point out you guys who are doing it. And so I'm proud of you. You keep doing it. Keep hitting them home runs. Man. Yeah? <laughs> well, I had a very a teacher, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you taught, you know, as a profession, but you were definitely a teacher for for you know my my siblings and I and you definitely helped us to understand the importance of knowing who we are, knowing where we're coming from, and that's why I totally understand your passion for highlighting individuals who would be considered, you know, everyday careers or everyday um, jobs or what whatnot. But we're actually out in the field trying to advocate and make a difference. And the lives of people who don't know who they are, who they are, and who are struggling with their identity. And no, everybody's not going to be a TikToker or a YouTuber. And you know, those things are grandized in this this society today. But uh, everybody doesn't have the talents and skills and abilities to do those things. Whereas they may have this talent, skills, and abilities to thrive in a different area. And until, like you said, we understand in the sense of Everything is not necessarily quality, but understanding to hone on what you were created to do and do that with, you know, the utmost devotion and passion and really just seeing yourself for who you are outside of what society's perception is. We'd have a lot more individuals who would be thriving and happy at that. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> absolutely yeah you, you, you submitted it yes absolutely thanks daddy <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes so for the sake of time daddy i kind of just want to switch gears a little bit with you uh-huh. um this is not too personal but um let's say i just want to kind of just kind of gauge in terms of what are things that you know were some life achievements or some you know, proud moments for you that you would want to share, you know, mm-hmm. that you can think mm-hmm. of and reflect on? Um, of, of course, I got to always um, highlight my backbone, which is my wife, you know, that was an <laughs> achievement, you know, <laughs> so, you know, um, but, but also, um, again, encountering so many Black children, being with you guys, that's an achievement. But mm. outside of that, I don't want to, you know, break out my violin and keep going into those <laughs> things. But uh, um, it's just some achievements that I've had. Um, education, because I've been through all of those institutions yes. uh, um, in, in, in America, so to speak, whether it was their religious institution, whether it was their, um, uh, 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 well, I won't talk about that, but, you know, whether <laughs> I, I've been, I've encountered all of their institutions and I've excelled in those per se, but, um, um, so my greatest accomplishment, um, again, outside of the black stories and and being with you guys 
my greatest accomplishment would be I, I made it I, from the hood. Because I don't want to put, I don't want to sing, oh yeah, I got this degree and I have that this degree. Yeah, I got a few degrees. Um, I, you know, and you know, I, I even left um, for financial reasons, left from getting my doctorate. So yeah, um, I, I, I've, I've uh, amassed and obtained those things. Yes. Um, the so my greatest achievement was that I was able to walk out of the hood unscathed. Mm. Um, and 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 that's paramount for me. And the reason why I'm I'm gonna highlight that opposed to those degrees is because there's other people that did it. Mm. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? And yeah. so when I when I when I have a friend that I grew up with and he might have been, you know, in, in the street. Yet he could say, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. And mm. oh, that's my great achievement. So. Okay. And, you know, as you reflect on those achievements as well, and having been from, you know, from the hood or, you know, in psychology and social, social work, <laughs> low income. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How would you say that you've overcome hard hardships and what were some of the ways that you were able to hand, handle conflict? And, you know, to, what were some of the ways that you were able to rise above challenges and rise above, you know, a living in a, a poverty environment that, you know, necessarily not everybody makes it out alive? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's, it's twofold. The, okay. the biggest thing and, and most important thing is the most high, linked on the most high. Yes. And, um, and so, you know, his way is cleaner than any other way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so for, for, for that in and of itself, you know, we, we, I can point out all of these different things. Of course, I had two parents, but he provided those two parents. Right. Um, and so, you, you know, it was it was always the most high and is the most high that that helped pave that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the other the other part of it is meta awareness. Okay. You see, one of the things that we when we look at and I'm talking about from the psychology mind, the meta awareness is that you you have to come to the understanding that mm-hmm. the hood is sexy or the, so when I'm talking about that I'm talking about the growing up in the projects she she was I'm give her a, a female characteristics so or personification <laughs> she was very alluring and um you know coaxing and all of those other things that can get you to go in different directions however you lean on the most high but at the same time you have that meta awareness like now I understand, or you come to some understanding um, to where you're more cognizant about the things that are transpiring around you. So you go, ah, I'm not going to do that. Oh, this, this will get me in some trouble, you know? Okay. <laughs> you know? And so it, those are the two, two backbones in, in a sense to where, of course, the most high, but at the same time, I, I, I lean on my parents as well. They, they're the ones who instructed me and said, hey, let me, you know, let me show you the way to go here. And if, if there were times that I faulted and I went, you know, on one side of the road, but, it, but because of what they pointed out and 
that meta awareness, I was able to get back on track. Okay. Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me about having meta awareness. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. It's that deep state of like being being conscious of of you know all of the things that are happening around you. You know, you know where where you, you, we look at the matrix, right? Yes. And the movie, The Matrix. And you, you, you also hear this in football, the analogy in football with quarterbacks, when they say they have this fast-paced game and, and oh. they get the game to slow down in front of them. Mm. See, that, that, when you start seeing those that, things that transpired in that movie with The Matrix, you yes. saw how he had things slow down. Right. And, you know, you might still be moving, but everything becomes, you, you know, you could just slow down that pace within. So that metal awareness is so, yes. And that's pretty deep. And that just kind of, kind of, kind of makes me think of, uh, uh, no, I won't say that oddly, but this kind of connects to being present in a sense. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. You know, being able to consciously being aware of what's going on around you in that moment. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You know, oh. and, and you know, and that brought me back to even the, the, the military time where I said, you, we were just about to go in, 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 in a breach of a landfill, right? A land, it was landmines where, you know, it was out. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying I was souped up or anything or I'm superhero. It, it, things just slowed down for me. They said, all right, we're going to breach it. All right, cool. And, you know, but, but, I looked over at my sergeant's head and he was prepping the explosives. Oh. And I'm watching this man handshake, you know, like he got me scared after a while, but, but it was like, this guy's shaking and he, you know, he's putting it, what they call a primer inside of a, a C4. And I don't know why I felt the calm at that instance. Mm. Could have just, you know, but it's, it's, it's that metal wear where I, I got this. But, you know, again, but when you see that guy next to you shaking, it's like, oh, man, get away from him, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yes, meta awareness. Okay. So I have two more questions. Last yes. question. Uh, let's see. Who was your hero and why? Mm. Wow. I, I'm going to have to. I, oh, wow. Since, since I had both my parents in the house, I got to say my parents. Okay. You know, my, yeah, my, my parents, because, and the reason why, um, I know you use as you used it in a singular sense, but yes. that's how they operated. They operated, mm -hmm. although they're two, two people, they yeah. operated as one body. Wow. Okay. Um, um you know, my mom, hundred percent nurturer, my father, uh, um, he was stern, but he was cool. So they, they, I would have to say that they're my heroes, you know, although, you know, there's a lot of things I wouldn't agree with. There's many things they didn't agree with, with me. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they, they taught me so much um, uh, in terms of life and how to deal with it. Yes. Um, that I would have to identify them as my heroes. Okay. Yes. And um, instantly when you said, um, you, you know, kind of put them together. I just think about that balance of, you know, the masculine and the feminine, feminine, but not just that. So, you know, in the scriptures where it talks about how the two become one flesh and, you know, 
both for your parents just moving as one entity, but also providing a balance for you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so my last question is, uh-huh. what type of legacy would you like to leave this world with and why? My legacy is obviously will come through you guys. Okay. Um, and the, the legacy is, is that enduring love for, for, for black brothers and sisters. And when I say black brothers, I'm talking about my, 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 my Latino brothers and sisters as well. But yeah. that's the legacy. In other words, um, how you going to reach back and get that one person um, and, and teach that one person and, and just help that next person. So w- w- what I mean by that, that's the legacy. So you are my legacy um, and, and the, the impact that you have on others. I still live. You know, that, that, that goes to that, that the, the, the Bible in and of itself as well, where as you know, upon a person's death, you, you know, um, you'll see that they'll still live on because wow. it's, it's, it's through you, you all, right. You know, yeah. from, you know, from, from your, your brothers and sisters, um, um, uh, you know, the, 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 their impact. And as long as it's about, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, I got tunnel vision on my people, but absolutely. <laughs> as long as, as you helping the, the, the black brothers and sisters, that legacy will live on. You know, like Ivan's, he'll keep it going, you know, telling people about who we are and so on and so forth. Daniel Allah, Evrod, there's there's a lot of guys that I can point out. And of course, of course, I call him the Taliban, your big brother, you know, you know, (laughs) you know, I don't want to, um, if, if, I, if I don't mention, the, you know, you got too many brothers. I don't sit up here and mention them all, but but all your brothers, they're going to keep doing it. And that's the legacy, you know? Yes. Well, that was definitely powerful. That was definitely yeah. powerful. Well, your, your questions are beautiful in the sense that they help you go in. And I thank you. They uh, ease the, 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 the fear factor. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Daddy. And thank you so much for taking the time out to be a part of this podcast and you know just answer these questions and just enlightening us with a lot of gems you definitely provided a lot of gems and just provided a lot of empowerment and I think that's something that the viewers will definitely appreciate and I hope that after viewing this and listening to this episode they leave feeling uplifted and they they leave feeling empowered and you know, seeking to understand their identity, if that's the area in which they're struggling in. And um, I'm so grateful that I have you as a, a father, as a leader, as a support system. And um, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I'm really grateful for you. Thank you. And, and that's reciprocated. It's, it's beyond measure. I'm so proud of you and you keep doing your thing. And, and, as, and as you keep impacting others, it's going to change the world. And and, and I can see that through you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. So, Daddy, if anybody wanted to contact you, let's say if they had some questions, um, how could they contact you? You you give them my number. So, you know, they'll just, yeah, that that way, you know, just if they want to speak to me, I, hey, let's, let's get it, you know? And as long as they got that mindset, 
of black elitism, not, 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 you know, head up in the air, but they're going <laughs> to change the world without, without getting down in, 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 in the, in the, in the mud. Let's do it. Okay. Well, that concludes our uh, Peace and Preparation, Sons of God episode. Thank you again, Daddy. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Uh, Bye-bye.